a Highline podcast. It goes without saying that this podcast contains spoilers. If you value ignorance in your reading and watching experience, maybe come back to this show after you've read and watched the featured material. But let's be honest, if you don't know already, he sees dead people. Welcome to Author's Intent. Author's Intent. I am your host, Dixie Lee Henning. I have a little bit of a sore throat, um, and I'm sure you can tell. So this episode might be more like a ASMR, quiet, silent reading podcast. (laughs) My apologies. Um, So today we're going to be going over the book and movie Sleeping Beauty. I think we should just get right on into it. Let's just do it. Um, so we started the Disney classics a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, with Beauty and the Beast. Um, and I, it looks like we're making our way through the princesses <laughs> currently. It's interesting reading, reading these books in the order that I'm reading them in, uh, because Beauty and the Beast was definitely written by someone like a real life meat person. Um, her name was Madame de Villeneuve, but so far, the other stories in the Disney classics, they're, they're old enough that people really are not sure of specific people that wrote them. They're, there's multiple stories over multiple different, you know, cultures that are similar enough to these stories, just, just Sleeping Beauty by itself. Um, the first an earliest known recording of the story, The Sleeping Beauty, um, is from the 14th century. It's a Scandinavian story called the Volsung- Volsunga Saga, and I'm positive I butchered that. Um, and then instead of Maleficent and Aurora, uh, which you see in the cartoon, it's uh, Udin and Brynhild. Uh, there's another 14th century story called Troilus and Z. Ze- Zelandine? Zelandine? It's, okay, just, these words are hard, okay? Um, It's found in a French romance uh, by the name of Perrault Forest, which I think means something forest. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, That story um, is the one that has outlasted the others uh there's i think there's still a few more um that are specifically sleeping beauty adjacent but the the story that was written by someone named peralt in 1696 is the one most commonly used in stories um it is called la belle à bords dormant um i don't know what that means <laughs> sorry in advance uh before I talk about which version of the story we'll actually cover today, I do need to make a content warning for rape and consent. Uh, most of these older stories, they they lack any form of consent. I lovingly call Sleeping Beauty um, the princess who did not 
get consent. And that actually applies to like uh, Snow White and probably someone else. I don't know. But yes, definitely need a content warning because the older stories are definitely a bit problematic. Um, Sleeping Beauty has many different names. Um, Like I mentioned, she goes by Brynhild in one story, Zelendine, uh, Rosemond, uh, Talia, Aurora, Rose, and Briar Rose um, in all of these different stories. So far, all of the versions that are explicitly written by men show a complete lack of understanding of consent. Um, In one version, the most popular version, she is awakened by true love's kiss or love's first kiss. In an older version, she is found by a wandering king and literally taken into a bedchamber and raped by the king while she is still unconscious. Uh, she falls pregnant and gives birth to twins. Um, and every version I have found that isn't explicitly written by men uh, do not portray Sleeping Beauty as this weak and helpless thing that can only be saved by the touch of a man. Um, I'm convinced that she would have woken up on her own even if the prince never showed up. <laughs> so these are the kinds of stories that we are willingly letting our children watch uh, because it was just a cute princess movie. It isn't. It's not a cute princess movie. These stories have much deeper and altruistic meaning and display negative tactics in what relationships should look like. I think the story that Disney ended up telling is definitely a better version of the story, but it's still it's still not great. It's any... Any story that implies that uh, the way to save yourself and your family is to be kissed by someone, like while you're sleeping, like what? How? What are we? What are we telling children? <laughs> like this? This makes it seem like it's okay for for someone to touch you against your against your will, and it's it's not. Um, and to little boys that watch this they think oh i can just go in and wake up the love of my life with a kiss no you need to ask for consent like that stuff isn't okay um so there are a lot of differences uh in in the book to movie translation um i am going to be sticking to the peralt version uh while we discuss this uh because that's I mean, it's the closest I could find to what Disney says. Um, and even then, it's still like, like I it's it's out there. Um, I have noticed so far in reading Beauty and the Beast and Sleeping Beauty, um, reading through Snow White and Cinderella, fairies play a huge role in all of these stories, um, and it's it's really. It's really amazing to read stories like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and Snow White um, and how similar the stories of the fairies are in comparison to each other, even though we don't know specifically who wrote these stories. So the the story of Sleeping Beauty actually starts out pretty, pretty similar to the movie. Uh, they they talk about a king and a queen in a kingdom um, they struggle to get pregnant and have a child. Um, after some years, they fall pregnant and have their daughter. Uh, in the book, they do not give the princess a name. Um, but, I mean, they she has a name, but very much like Sleeping Be- or Beauty and the Beast, we don't know the princess's name. We don't know 
We never knew the beast's name, you know, that kind of thing. It's just the princess, essentially. I do believe um, about halfway through the story, we we learn that they call her, I believe, Rose or Briar Rose. Um, so they they have, I'll call her Aurora for continuity's sake because that's what they call her in the movie. But Aurora is born. Uh, she is then blessed at a party that her her parents throw it's actually a christening and there are not three fairies that show up to this party but there are seven and this this is gonna go a little bit into like fairy lore so the fairies are not how they are depicted in the movie at all um i think i mentioned it in talking about beauty and the beast um and it kind of sounds similar in sleeping beauty it's kind of like they have this order of uh, fae creatures essentially and like they are given the opportunity to go around the world and bless people um, and these seven fairies actually ended up being here to bless Aurora so it plays out kind of similar to how it plays out in the in the movie uh, individually they go up and they bless Aurora with you know beauty intelligence wisdom all this stuff and uh this is when Maleficent shows up, and she is not known by the name Maleficent, but again, I will call her Maleficent because that's what the movie calls her. Um, she is not uh, like an, an enchantress or a sorceress or anything like that. She is also a fairy, and it turns out that the king invited these seven fairies to the christening to bless Aurora um, and did not invite Maleficent. So Maleficent shows up halfway through the party and she's like, I can't believe you didn't invite me to this. I would love to bless your daughter. The king had set placements for the fairies while they were eating. Um, th he had uh, special plates and silverware made for the fairies as a gift for them coming to bless his daughter. And all the fairies were out set out um and Maleficent shows up and she's like, I can't believe you didn't invite me. Very similar to to the movie. And they set a place for her, but they only made a certain number of the, you know, silverware and the dishes. So she just gets regular dishes and she doesn't get a gift. Um, and she proclaims that she's also going to bless the child. Um, the youngest fairy that is sitting at the table sees this and decides to hide. She actually hides behind like a curtain in this great hall. Um, so all the fairies go through and bless Aurora. Um, you don't get specifics on like what each fairy blessed her with. We just know that she's blessed. And then it comes up to Maleficent and we get the curse, essentially. So Maleficent, when she curses the child, she says specifically that the child will be pierced by a spindle and die from the wound. The This is when the... The, so Maleficent leaves, she curses the child, and then she leaves, of course. Um, and then the younger fairy comes out, and she, she, knew that, she knew that Maleficent was going to, to curse the child. So the young fairy reveals herself and tells the king and queen that she doesn't have the power to reverse what the elderly fairy had done. Uh, but instead of dying from the wound, the child would instead fall into a deep sleep for 100 years. And at the end of those 100 years, she would be awakened by a king's son. This is a big difference in, in the story. Um, I have found that 
the majority of the older stories also have this 100 year, 100 year slumber. Um, and yes, in the movie, she does fall asleep. Um, she, the, I think, oh, what's her name? It's Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether are the fairies in the movies. And Meriwether is the one that uh, blesses Aurora to just fall into a slumber until tr- she has true love's kiss. Um, and of course, uh, Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether put the entire castle to sleep. Um, while they try and go rescue Prince Philip. Now, the older stories all have this 100-year slumber, uh, and it doesn't specify like when she's going to pierce her finger on the spindle, but the king sends out his soldiers to destroy all the spinning wheels in the kingdom. The So the biggest, one of the bigger plot holes in this is that the aurora isn't taken by the fairies the fairies don't take her and raise her in the forest i never understood that in in uh the cartoon sleeping beauty like why would she have to go live in the forest like you know she's going to pierce her finger on a spinning wheel when she on on the eve of her 16th birthday like why would Maleficent try to kill her before then? It doesn't make sense to me that they would send her out into the forest. Like everyone knows that she's still alive. She's just not there. Like there is no reason for her to have to spend her entire life out in the forest. Um, but so similar to the the movie, um, about fifteen years after she is cursed by the fairy, um, she, her her mother and father, Aurora's mother and father, leave the kingdom. They go travel somewhere um, and Aurora takes to the castle and is wandering about the castle and she actually stumbles upon this door that leads up to a turret that leads up to another room um, and she actually finds an old woman in this room um, and this old woman is spinning on a spinning wheel Um, and it's not Maleficent like it's not Maleficent trying to trick her it's literally just an old woman who has been living up in this turret for 15 years had no idea that there was a law passed that there were to be no spinning wheels um aurora immediately takes interest in the spinning wheel because she's never seen one before um and she asks the old woman if she could show her how to use it and teach her how to use the spinning wheel um and the old woman agrees and is like yes come over here sit down let me show you um and immediately she pricks her finger on the spindle um, she doesn't like pass out immediately, but she falls ill. Um, and then a few minutes later, she passes out. Um, and the old woman runs and finds someone to take care of the princess. Um, and they lay her in a bed that is like gilded with gold, and they wait for the king and queen to come home. Hello, my friends. You made it halfway through the episode, so now you will be rewarded with ads. Everyone loves ads, right? First, I want to say that I am so excited for Author's Intent to be a part of the Highline Network. We join the network alongside shows like No Normal People, Ravel, and Into. Here's a teaser from our sister show, Ravel. You should almost always, if not always, side on the side of the oppressed and the persecuted regardless of whether or not you disagree with them. Like, even if you think being gay is a sin, it should be so painfully obvious that gay people are oppressed and silenced and much more likely to suffer in their daily life. And Mm. 
you should side with them. Like, it doesn't matter if you disagree with them. You should figure out how to come alongside them and love them. You can find Authors Intent anywhere you find podcasts, and you can find us on Twitter at A underscore Intent Podcast and Instagram at Authors Intent. So this, I'm just, I'm just now realizing that this episode is going to be like pretty short. <laughs> so sorry um but anyway back to back to the story um so she just grabbed the spindle and she just grabbed it wrong got stabbed and passes out um and this literally out of nowhere (laughs) this this next part okay um we are informed of a location in this story um the kingdom of madakin uh, the fairy that had blessed the child to fall asleep instead of die was in that kingdom at the time the ch- when Aurora pierced her finger. She is informed immediately, and I quote, by a dwarf who had boots with which he could tread over many leagues of ground at a stride. The fairy leaves the kingdom of Madakin and arrives in the other kingdom within an hour because she is riding a chariot drawn by dragons i like i don't i don't have any qualms with like storytelling like obviously this is an old story but literally out of nowhere we have no context and this whoever wrote this was like you know what i'm i need a way to tell the the fairy about all of this um so i'm gonna make a dwarf with super cool boots just like appear and tell the fairy about this about what happened to aurora um and then simultaneously for no reason the fairy has a chariot drawn by dragons you're (laughs) dude you're losing the plot okay (laughs) like you're throwing stuff in here you couldn't just be like and then she the fairy found out and you she returned to the kingdom we never hear about the the kingdom that she was in again we never hear about the dragons again we never hear about the dwarf again like literally it's like half a paragraph that this stuff happens and you never hear about it again in the story so you're welcome (laughs) so uh this is uh similar to similar to the movie the fairy, the the only the single fairy, the young fairy that blessed blessed uh, Aurora with the one hundred year sleep, um, she gets to the kingdom. Um, obviously, sees Aurora. The king and queen have returned after finding out that their daughter had passed out. The king and queen, of course, are distraught. Uh, they obviously like they know like they can't do anything and their daughter's going to be asleep for a hundred years so essentially they decide to leave they just leave aurora in this castle the fairy arrives and decides to put all of the staff that lives and works in the castle to sleep and we do see that in the in the cartoon movie they put they put the entire kingdom to sleep but they don't sleep for a hundred years (laughs) um so she puts 
all of the you know handmaids all of that stuff the cooks the people who clean the castle literally everyone to sleep inside the castle um and the king and queen leave uh we learn that she actually the i think the queen leaves uh a little spaniel a little dog um with aurora which the fairy also puts to sleep um so when the king and queen leave uh they forbid anyone to enter the kingdom needlessly uh because a huge overgrown forest springs up around the castle as they leave um making it impossible for anyone to enter um and we do see this in the cartoon but we see that forest pop up around uh, the forest of like uh, needles essentially pop up around the castle which was cast by Maleficent. Um, but in this story, it's just a precaution to keep people out of the kingdom until it's time. So a hundred years pass. Uh, we don't see anything about the kingdom uh, in that time between Aurora falling asleep and then a hundred years passing. Um, and a king's son notices the castle growing out of a thick wood um, while he's out hunting and he asks about it um, the boy's father actually tells him the story of the sleeping child uh, and he leaves at once in hopes that he might be able to uh, be the one to rescue the princess um, we see a few stories um, in the interim when he's going back to his father to ask about the castle we see some stories of like uh, people going to this castle and never returning um and just like sickness and like it's haunted that kind of stuff um so this is the this is another real big difference uh so we in the movie we meet prince philip uh at the christening of aurora when she's blessed by the fairies um obviously this prince again nameless nameless prince uh, he is a hundred years younger than than Aurora, a hundred and fifteen years actually, I should say. Um, and he, I like, there's just some stuff in the in the cartoon. Like Philip gets kidnapped in in the cartoon by Maleficent and her goblin creatures, um, and taken to the dark castle, which in the movie they literally never talk about until i think it's flora is like we have to go to the dark castle it's like you have never mentioned this before are we supposed to be afraid of this thing um <laughs> it's just it's just kind of bad storytelling <laughs> but so uh prince philip gets kidnapped by maleficent taken to the castle um and this is when we actually see the 100 years thing in the movie uh maleficent tells tells philip uh that you know aurora is gonna sleep forever essentially um and her way of getting back at him is by keeping him locked up in her in her jail beneath the dark castle uh for a hundred years so when she releases him he's an old old man and he can go try and wake sleeping beauty but she's not going to love him because he's going to be like 130 years old which is like that is the most maniacal like that is excellent yes i wish that was in the original story 
again, it's not. It's not in the original story. The hundred years thing is, but not the him aging um, and getting kidnapped by a sorceress. Um, we also never see uh, the evil fairy again, the older fairy. We never see her again. She's never in the story again. Um, she doesn't turn into a giant dragon um, Flora Fauna and Meriwether don't bless Prince Philip with a magical sword and a magical shield. Um, the forest is cast by the the young fairy to protect Aurora. Um, that's that's pretty much all that. <laughs> um, so the when the boy, uh, the king's son, so the prince. Um, after he learns about Aurora in the castle, he decides to go and try and rescue her. Um, he leaves alone. When he gets to the forest, it literally just falls falls away. Um, and as he walks into the castle grounds, he notices that there are people that he thought from a distance were just dead people and he got really worried. Um, but as he got closer to them, he realized that they're just asleep. Um, so he finds Aurora's room, um, gilded with gold. He sees the little dog on their bed. Uh, of course, Aurora has not aged a day. She still looks beautiful, uh, like rosy cheeks. Like she doesn't look emaciated or anything like that. Um, and this is, this is one that, uh, like, I like how this story ends a little bit better than, than the movie because it doesn't involve kissing someone without consent <laughs> but the the prince finds aurora walks into the room um and kneels at her side doesn't touch her doesn't kiss her um and as he kneels before the princess she awakens from her sleep um we find that as aurora awakes so too uh do the and does her little dog that's on her lap and all of the people that were serving in the castle awake as well um we see we see the prince and aurora talk for about like four hours they end up going to dinner in the castle um they get married and then they travel back to the prince's kingdom. Um, there is a funny line in here talking about how the prince finds her immaculate. She's beautiful um, and he loves her immediately. But he makes a comment about how she's wearing clothes that her his great grandma would have worn. Um, which I think is hilarious. Um, and like I said, this episode is a real short because that's the end of the story. Um, there is no uh, ball at the end where fairies fight over what color the dress should be. None of that. None of those shenanigans. Um, in Peralt's version, which is kind of the version that I talked about today, um, after the couple is married and has a ch has had children uh the prince's mother which again this is like out of nowhere the prince's mother is an ogress um, so an ogre uh attempts to kill and eat her two grandchildren so aurora's uh children um and when she fails in that attempt she tries to eat sleeping beauty uh the ogre throws herself into a pit of vipers uh that she had laid to slay Sleeping Beauty and kill her, kills herself instead. 
like, okay. <laughs> I mean, they didn't put that in the Disney version, but I don't know why it was necessary to put in the old version. <laughs> um, like I said, I mentioned at the beginning that there is a content warning for rape, assault, consent, all of that. Um, there's only, I believe, one version that, or two versions, um, where the prince or the king finds Sleeping Beauty um, and then takes advantage of her while she's asleep. In one version, she falls pregnant with twins um, after this assault, but she still marries the, the king and or prince after she wakes up, um, which just... Ugh. Blech. Men. Gross. Anyway... <laughs> So I I think just because this this episode is a little bit shorter, I do want to talk a little bit more about the movie because despite it being kind of all over the place for storytelling, I think it's aside from and also aside from the consent thing, it's it's a it's a nice story. Um I think unlike Beauty and the Beast, I don't necessarily know that this is really a story that you need to know like if you want to read the old sleeping beauties be my guest uh they're it's they're interesting and of course they have the weird things like dwarves and dragons just randomly out of nowhere but i don't think it necessarily adds or detracts from the story that disney eventually told um I absolutely love the characters Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether in the movie. Um, I do think that Flora is uh, a bit of an idiot. Uh, Meriwether is obviously the smartest one in that group. Um, she's adorable. Um, but they definitely, the way they portrayed the fairies in the movie, the fairies are the bad guys. <laughs> like, Maleficent isn't the bad guy. Yes, she cursed Aurora, but like they're the fairies' ignorance is what makes them the bad guys. So, um, and aside from that, um, I think my first like prince crush was probably Prince Philip. Like, he is very cute in this movie. Um, and of course, I love the music from all of Sleeping Beauty, it's very classic. Um, yeah. I think that's everything. I will be taking next week off uh, as I will be reading and watching and studying stuff uh, for Snow White, which will be our next next book, which will come out on a day that I know I'm not pulling my phone open to look at the, the dates. You can't prove it. It will come out on the 17th um, and then I will conveniently not be releasing anything on <laughs> on the christmas eve or new year's um i'm going to release the next episode after that um on january 1st so yay um thank you so much for joining me this was a weird story um i hope you enjoyed it <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>
Stephen, what do you think Ravel is about? I think Ravel is a podcast about how to effectively market our cult. No, no, no. Ravel is a show that shares the basics on how to get into the afterlife in three easy steps. Okay, okay, cut it out, you guys. Ravel is really about why SpongeBob SquarePants is the best story for teaching atonement theories. But how will your belief in God's atonement change when we prove that aliens exist? I mean, it would probably cause an even greater number of spiritual emergencies in the church. Or maybe everyone is just going to conclude that aliens are demons because we can't explain them. If you are thinking about all of these questions too, come have a drink with us. Follow Ravel wherever you get your podcasts. Highline Media Network. Artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.